Forrester. Down the line to right. It's gone! Garrett Forrester walks it off for Oregon State! What happened? He just like benched like five of the starters. Four of them were all Americans. Big hit pop. Did he just do it? Yes, he did. This is loaded in the NCAA tournament. And he sends a drive to deep right. Elko, Grand Slam. Beer showers about. McGarry's 2-2 pitch to Lanzilli. Strike three called, and Virginia has completed a no-hitter tonight. Pushes a bunt to third. James to first. Hayes out. What a way to end it. And what a way to end a drought. Mississippi State, the national champions, destroying Vanderbilt 9-0. All righty, college baseball fans. Welcome to another episode of the 11.7 podcast. Today we got a special episode here as we're going to talk about not only the Weekend 11 preview, but we're also going to talk a little bit about Golden Spikes watch list and our mid-major player of the year watch list. Uh, of course, we're going to recap the midweek as well. Joined here by with Dimitri and... Uh, we were just talking pre-show, Dimitri, and, and we're, we're having a little bit of trouble with these regional projections now that so many teams want to fit themselves in as a potential at-large. Kind of talk to us a little bit about maybe two or three teams that you can see, um, I don't know, finding a way to get into the tournament that people have kind of written off. I mean, before we get into all that, just about the regional projection. Hey, what's up, guys, by the way? I hope everyone's having a fantastic Thursday. Um, I'm having a fantastic Thursday. It's Earth Day. It's beautiful outside. Um, but anyways, um, <laughs> about the regional projection. When, you, like, when you're projecting, host, you just take your first place team in every conference. And that's just your automatic bid. Like, and, and there's some conferences where you think one team is better than another. But when you look at it that way, let's be honest, it's probably not going to happen that way. When end of May rolls around, all those teams are not going to be all your AQ bids. So your bubble team, it changes everything. Like a regional projection might have, you know, Miami taking your AQ bid or even in the smaller conferences where it actually matters. If Gonzaga loses that AQ bid, that's a stolen bid. And then now you're looking at a team like Pitt. Or for for you, Tulane or Pitt or North Carolina or like some of these other teams, where it's like all these teams are not going to be three seeds in every regional. Like like if let's just say you have Texas Tech as a two seed and one, and then you have I don't know like a North Carolina for example as a three seed in regional, you're sitting there like wait 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 no way that's not possible. But like. It's postseason. Every all sixty-four teams are good outside of you know your four or five awful AQ bids. It's the post like every team is good. Yeah, People when you when you do it. your regional projections, please tell me you do it the exact same way I do, and you always start with the MIAC and the SWAC, and uh, you just go ahead and pencil in the the bottom four conferences with their automatic qualifiers is just your four seeds. Just boom, automatic get four seeds out of the way. I'll I'll tell you exactly how I do my regional projection. I do my 16. I do my 16 host, you know, your A national seed, your 16 host. And then you, I put them in order on Excel. I put all your AQ bids from every conference. Then I sort it by RPI. So then like, so like I have it in front of me. 
like 294 is the worst RPI team, AQB, which would be Coppin State. I throw them immediately into Tennessee. Yeah, we'll, we'll see in, Knox, in Knoxville, Coppin State. <laughs> and then, yeah, and then I kind of go, I do a mixture of RPI and geographical location. So like, and then if you think of like a team like Army, the NCAA knows Army, they can fly them anywhere. Like, they're not going to try to keep them local or somewhat geographically close. So they're going to send Army, you know, let's just say Oregon State, three national teams. And then you go Rice State, you're going to try to keep them somewhat close to home, you know, allow some of their fans to travel. So that's kind of how I do it. But, yeah, you just – Yeah. And- team go to the one, and then Fairleigh Dickinson at 275, I plug them into Miami. And then, you know, Columbia and Army, I just send them to the West Coast because, like, that's usually what they do. Yeah, and and then you'll always see, you always see the the last four in kind of get dispersed across the country normally. So, for example, if North Carolina is the last team in, they might get sprinkled as a three seed at, at Texas Tech or somewhere yeah. not in in the area that they need to be. But for the most part, regionals are what like why they're called regionals. They're they're going to be within the same area. Um, and you know what? I was going to add on to that. It should be like a. A, a reward if you're not a last four team in you should get rewarded with somewhat decent location where your fans can travel and stuff because if you're north carolina you're a last team in sorry bud we're not going to help you out here you're going wherever the hell we plug you in <laughs> no now let me ask you this if, for players out there do you think more of them would rather play close to home maybe in a place they've already played but you know their fans are able to travel and families are able to get there or do you think they would rather play in a cool environment, you know, the box in, in, in Baton Rouge or Judy Noble in Mississippi State or, or, or uh, Alex Baum in uh, – or sorry, well, not Alex Baum. Baum Wal- I went to high school with a kid named Alex Baum. Baum Walker Stadium in Fayetteville. Do you think they'd rather go to a place like that or somewhere close? I mean, every time I saw a regional projection with Mercer in Georgia Tech or Georgia Regional or Florida State, I got pissed. I'm not pissed, but I was just like, dude, I don't want to go to these places. I've been there. I want to go somewhere like far and cool. Yeah, but all, wanna... well, think about this. What about like all your high school buddies and, and travel ball buddies that live in Atlanta that could come and watch you play and your family? I mean. You get hyped up with you. I mean, we got to go to Mississippi State my sophomore year, which was really cool. Um, Like that was like a new environment, even though we had already. Like when I'm thinking like, like if we, if we, Ben, let's be honest. If we. If you were, you know, looking at on selection show and all of a sudden you see you're going to Oregon State, you're getting on a plane, you're going all the way to Oregon State. That's sick. You don't like you don't think about, oh, damn, damn, my buddies aren't going to be able to watch. Shit, they can put on ESPN and watch it. Like, who cares? We're going we're going all the way to the West Coast getting on a big plane. Like, I, I yeah. think going yeah. somewhere new, you've never been far away is so much cooler than. No, let me put you in a tougher position here. Let me ask you a tougher question. Would you rather get sent to an awesome place? Let's just say one of the cathedrals of college baseball. And you know what stadiums I'm talking about. Or would you rather get sent to a place that you think you can easily win the regional? Let's put it as UConn is hosting a regional this year or, or Gonzaga, Texas State, Southern Miss, whoever it is, a smaller team that's hosting it. Um, that you think, okay, we can win this regional and uh, and get bumped up to a super. I would always take the easier regional than the cooler place. Yep, I, I'm glad you answered like that. But do you? 
but do you see what I'm saying? I think some guys like if, might if, might rather go to Duty Noble Field and play in front of fifteen thousand fans than um you know I'd rather go play to, East Carolina and win a regional than go to Duty Noble and go well, to East Carolina is sweet. I I I think that's a bad example. Maybe Notre Dame. You get sent to Notre okay, Dame. Okay, Notre They're Dame. Yeah, fair, fair, fair. Yeah, but when I said East Carolina, I was thinking, you know, not a big how powerhouse, like school, cathedral school kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Like if you, or even hey, I mean Miami, probably not the most exciting environment. It's tough to play down there, but that'd be a fun place to go and try to win a regional too. Yeah, yeah, and Miami's just always had terrible luck in the regionals. I, I can't remember the last time they went to Omaha. Twenty thousand, two thirteen. Fifteen? No, it was like it was, I think it was like fifteen. Fifteen sounds right. I don't know. We're 15. not gonna. We're not even gonna check. No, but anyway, yeah. So um, I'd rather go somewhere where I can win rather than. But hey, <laughs> I went zero and four in my regional, so I I can't really talk much about winning a regional. <laughs> well, I never made it to a regional. We choked twice in the SoCon <laughs> tournament. Uh, speaking of the SoCon, just real fast, I, I don't want to brag on myself, but big weekend series that I'll be on ESPN Plus um, this weekend calling the Mercer versus Wofford series. I've already been in touch with Aaron Fit. He's coming down to Macon. We're going to hang out and get a bite to eat before the uh, oh, you the got, weekend. You got, you got to shoot a couple DMs back and oh, forth? Oh, yeah. We're, we're linking up. I'm going to show him the great, the great city of Macon, Georgia. And, uh, the, yeah, the Wofford Terriers are coming to town, both undefeated in conference play, both top 30 RPIs. And uh, I'll be on ESPN Plus doing the color commentating and being a very, very neutral, unbiased college baseball reporter. Um, and, and what's, that, your, what's your go-to – what's your Kevin Parada line for the weekend? Um, I don't know, but I, I felt like the last one I did was, was elite on his home run he hit. Uh, I said – I said, as my good friend Kanye West would say, no one man should have all that power. And it was it was bad, but it was so good, if that makes sense. Hey, before we get into, because I know you have some things planned for, you know, the uh, players of the year and all that stuff. Before we get into that, I have a couple things for you. Oh, boy. Here we go. All right. This is more this is more the nitty gritty RPI regional stuff because this stuff is always fascinating. Are, are you about to blind resume? Are you? Are we going to no, blind no, no, resume no, we're not season? Blind resume. I don't think it, I think it's too early for. I think it's too early season. too. I was gonna I was gonna veto blind resume season because I'm All not right. prepared for but, that. A team like Virginia, it, we as we both know, they're playing themselves right out of hosting. They're playing themselves right out of a lot of things. Texas. If you had to pick today between Virginia and Texas to host, who would you take? Uh, I'm all the way out on Virginia. I, I think Virginia is finally having everything catch up to them. I I want to say they're going to miss the tournament. I want to say they're going to miss the tournament. And uh, the reason why is because, you know, of course, they started 25 and one or something along the lines there. 26 and three. 26 and three. But. You know, since I mean, since then they've been trash. I think they've lost eight of the last nine or nine of the last ten, um, and they just haven't looked good. And I, I don't know. I, I still believe in Texas, even though my stomach is turning as I'm saying. Do you that. believe in Texas because of the name on their jersey? No, or? no, it's because of the players and and the coach. I, I think they're. I think they're very, very veteran led and i think that they're very experienced and this is a team that came in third slash fourth place 
in the College World Series last year. They were just a couple innings away from making it to the, the championship series against Mississippi State. So they, they, they have it. They have the factor to get to uh, back to where they were last year. Virginia, on the other hand, they had the same thing. They, were, they won a game in Omaha and maybe two games. It looked all right. And I don't know. It, it's just I feel like Virginia just doesn't have the same it factor that they did last year. And, and Texas still has it. They just haven't found it yet. They've been too caught up in emotions and umpires and other teams with the horns down. I, I Man, I thought they turned the corner after Sunday. And then they get absolutely mollywopped on Tuesday against uh, Air, Air Force. Force. And then and they, it, they then they blew a lead and it mm-hmm. went to extra inning or not extra, but they went bottom ninth tied with Air mm-hmm. Force again. And the reason why I asked is because when you look at Texas lineup, when you look at Murphy Staley and Trey Faltine and Melendez, I mean, they're, they're kind of banged up right now. You know, some guys, I think Melendez missed like one or two games, but then you go to, um, Oh my God, I'm freaking, I'm blanking out on the rest of their lineup, but yeah, Staley and Ardoin and they have like uh, Kennedy and, and, and um, like that lineup. That is a good lineup. That is a very good college baseball lineup. Well, let me it, put it to you this way: the the best way to say like who do I think is going to go further is I'll I'll be I'll pretend like I'm the Mercer Bears. Would I rather get sent to a regional hosted by Texas or a regional hosted by Virginia? And I'm taking Virginia 11 times out of 10. Texas is one of those teams. It's the Duke basketball syndrome. I I think that's a great way to put it. Yeah, it's the the Duke basketball syndrome where nobody wants to play them in the postseason. Um, And and they have incredible talent, even though some people on Twitter want to say they don't. I mean, they do. They have probably two or three future Major League Baseball players in that lineup right now, as well as a couple more on the pitching staff. So – I don't know. Just yep. so ever since that Miami series that Virginia played, where they got swept, you know they lose a midweek bad to Old Dominion. They they lose two out of three to Pitt, and then they lose to VCU. Now they have North Carolina, Old Dominion, Virginia Tech coming up. That's a tough seven game stretch right there. Um, and then they have VCU. It's it's. I don't so know. I just I think Virginia could play their way out of not only hosting but maybe even out of the tournament just because of how competitive this ACC is. I think they'll make the tournament, but like honestly, now that you just brought, just reminded me, I would take Virginia Tech over Virginia to host today. Yeah, I have Virginia Tech in, as a regional host for the second week in a row. I've been high on this team for a week longer than everybody else. Base when I smash, sat back base. and looked, when I sat back and looked at their their stats, they are like if, if you like OPS, if you like on base plus slugging, this is the team for you. They they mash. They create runs, and uh, it's it very, very low-key. I don't think a lot of people in the nation know about this Virginia Tech team and how good they are. No, I agree. I think I think when you look at it, what you see today is not even going to be close to what the final field looks like. So It's, it, it's impossible. It's impossible. I don't want to sit on here all day talking about it because we mm-hmm. can, but that, like – that's why I was just, I made a regional projection. I didn't even want to put it out because I'm just sitting here like, I don't even like it. Like, I don't even <laughs> like it, even though, like, it's, it's like turning in an line. essay at school. You just, you look at it after you do it and you're like, oh, I don't like this. This is gross. I mean, it's just cringy. like, it's, it's just the numbers match. Like, I'm plugging mm-hmm. it in based on, you know, how it's supposed to be done. And I don't even like it because yeah. 
like I think Texas, like I told you before, Texas Tech, I had them on a fence between a two and a three seed, and I'm sitting here like, dude, Texas And that's outrageous, by the way. That's just completely outrageous. But 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 based on the numbers and the resumes and the like way the way you plug these things together, puzzle them together, that's where they sit. And I'm just like, that's not that's not where they're gonna be. And that's Texas Tech is I think they're way too good to be like that. I think they're borderline host, but they're a 40 something RPI. And I'm just sitting here like, why am I even doing this? We're too far away for, to, for me to even, I can project them as a two seed, which is fine. That's what I do with my regional projections. I, I literally just look at not every team's remaining schedule, but I look at a lot of them and see like kind of feel out what they're going to do the rest of the year. And uh, that's how I do it. I, I know right this second, my exactly. projections don't look identical to what everybody else's do, but I'm just trying to project what's going to happen the rest of the year, which I mean, I'll, I'll show you guys how dumb, dumb I am because it's going to turn out completely wrong, but you know, that's the way I like to do it more. So uh, anyways, let's move on from these yep. regional projections. We had, we had a pretty boring midweek to be honest, other than just a few things. Um, we we kind of mentioned Texas getting smacked around on Tuesday um, by Air Force, and then Trey Faltine hits a walk-off home run yesterday after the, after they pretty much blew a big lead. Um, but, I mean, yeah, they, they salvaged, they split, but Texas still just doesn't look right. And they, and they better figure it out because they're 6-6 six and six in the I Big mean, 12. I, I mean, dude, and Aaron Nixon, I swear he's blown 100 saves this year. Yeah, they, they were up, let's see, 8-1, eight to, eight to one, and then it was 8-6, to six, and then 10-6. to six. Then it was 10-8, 10-10. Then they walked it off 12-10. But, yeah, I mean, dude, Texas, I'm telling you, they better figure it out. And I know this isn't the Texas show. This will be the last time I mention them. But they're 6-6 six and six in the Big 12, and they have Baylor, Oklahoma State, West Virginia coming up. They, they have to take care of business against Baylor, and they have to at least win one game against Oklahoma State, probably two, to be a host. Um, and so, maybe more, but. Maybe more. Anyways, oh, you want you want to talk midweeks now? Yeah, let's go ahead and talk midweeks. The uh, the other game that jumps off to me was the Georgia Southern game where they traveled to Florida State and talk about a blown lead. Did, was it blown. more so they blew they, the lead or did Florida one. State earn the lead? I'm gonna leave this one up to you. Uh, I don't know. There's much to talk about other than Georgia Southern was by far and away the better team almost all game long. Mm-hmm. And they blew it. I mean, it was five to one. They got second and third, no outs, ground ball, one run scored, ground ball out, another run scored. So you just got two easy runs there, made a five to three, walks in a hit by pitch, and yada, yada. Jordan carry on double to tie the game. They go to extra, and then they walk in the, the walk up the winning run in the 12th inning, and Georgia Southern blew it. I mean, honestly, I thought Georgia Southern would look. They looked like the better team. The whole game. I agree. They looked like the, the better team the whole game. And this was a game where they're on that regional host bubble. You know, Statesboro, Georgia could get a regional host they there had this to, year. They had to win that game, man. <laughs> had to win that game, and they just let it slip right through their fingers. And it felt like Florida State didn't even want to be there for the first seven innings. They were going through the motions. It was, uh, was kind of not a good sight. Not a good sight <laughs> if you're a Florida State fan. Nope, and they were probably, you know, they were out celebrating a birthday party the night before. Yeah, um, I saw that DM. Someone was telling us that they were out at the bar the night before. 
um, celebrating a birthday, a twenty. Okay, but a twenty-first birthday in college, you celebrate those. Like, not when a top I'm, twenty-five I'm teams come into town the next day. I know, I know. Celebrate like, Wednesday night. No, I know, but like, but like twenty-first birthday, that's once in a lifetime. You celebrate them, you have fun, but you within moderation. You know what I mean? I guess you can I'm not go gonna... out and celebrate and not be freaking hungover the next day. You know what I mean? Yeah. But Texas A&M throttled Dallas Baptist and... by two touchdowns. It was it was a slaughtering. And then and... did you see Texas A&M's Twitter? They uh, posted a tweet called "I didn't know you could run rule a, a ranked a nationally ranked opponent." Like learn something new today. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Um, UCLA throttled Santa Barbara. Oh wait, wait, wait! Can we take a step back real fast on Dallas Baptist? Go ahead. I, I, dude, I don't know what it is about Dallas Baptist, but they might be the most overrated team in the country this year. Every time I turn around, they're losing games that they shouldn't, and then they get blown <laughs> out in some games. Think about That's this: so they funny started, you say that they started the year losing two out of three to SEMO, to SEMO, and they lose two out of three to Wofford. They get smacked around by Texas Tech in the midweeks, like two or three different times. I don't know if they're good. I think Lost they're severely over. They're severely overhyped because their RPI is number two somehow. Here's why: their strength. They have the hardest schedule in the country. And Ben, SEMO is not just some cakewalk like opening oh, weekend series. SEMO is good. They just blew. They blew. They were one out away from run ruling Ole Miss. I'm not saying Ole Miss is like a but, some powerhouse. Good, Dimitri. I'm I'm, re- I'm going to read you the series they've lost. This year, and you're gonna you're gonna be flabbergasted. Semo, they lost the series two out of three. Uh, Wofford, they lost the yep. series two out of three. Bradley, they lose the series two out of three. Oh yeah, and they lose fourteen to one to Texas A&M in the midweek. Um, they've also lost to um, Oklahoma State, oh, Oklahoma, on. and Texas Tech twice in the midweek. Okay, they not a beat good Maryland team. two out of three. They beat Louisiana Tech. They swept Southern Miss. They took two out of three from San Diego. They took, they swept Sam Houston. So, like, I mean, like, like sweeping Southern Miss is is pretty loud. Yeah, oh, for sure. But that was also, I think Southern Miss had like eight total hits that weekend. I don't know what was going on with their bats. Uh, yeah, it was a weird weekend. But I think I think Dallas Baptist is overrated for sure. But I still think all, all I know really is. Good. All I know is if you get Dallas Baptist, like they're probably going to host a regional because they're going to they're going to finish out this this Missouri Valley Conference schedule. If I'm a two seed in Dallas Baptist is regional, if I'm a TCU or an, maybe an Oklahoma or even Texas, uh, hey. Texas Tech, whoever the two seed is, depending on how the season finishes, I'm my mouth is watering. I'm saying thank God this is probably. <sighs> But hey, Southern Illinois this weekend, not an easy test. We know Illinois Other- State can play. They might be 14 and 7, they can play. But hey, I'm telling you, Indiana State and Southern Illinois are going to give Dallas Baptist a run for their money in the, in the Missouri Valley. I'm like almost willing to say that Southern Illinois, Southern Illinois might win this series. Those boys can rake. They're always on, like going viral on Twitter for just pimping 500 foot homers. Um, and I'm looking at their recent schedule. They won two out of three against SIUE, two out of three against Evansville. They beat SEMO in the midweek. Like, this is a pretty solid club. They're 26 and 10. So the Salukis, I think they're, 
Hey, I think they're better this year because we were all over Southern Illinois last year. Yeah, they well, they also a, started nineteen and zero last year. That, that they helps. had a historic start and they fell off the face of the earth last year. And most of their team is back this year, other than like you know a, a two hole and like a, a well, five hole. I, I have two. I have two guys on my mid major player of the year watch list from. Um, um, from yeah, Southern, Southern Illinois. Illinois, they're good. They're they. I think they're better this year than last year. Um, we'll see them. But yep. yeah, I mean, what else? What other midweek? Oh yeah, Santa Barbara got blown throttled by UCLA. Are you getting nervous about this UCLA bet you made with me, Ben? I'm not even nervous at all. I think you're the one that should be kicking yourself over this, dude. They just, dude, this midweek against Santa Barbara, it's gonna hold a lot of weight with the committee. Okay, they're not gonna be national seed. That's the bet, and I'm gonna win it. I'm sorry, like to, to break the news to you. I'm sorry. Do you want me to read you UCLA's remaining schedule? I I've seen it. I've seen it. They're not going to be a they're national. They're going to roll through, dude. They're going to roll through the rest. Of, they're they're ranked 14th, and they just two out of three to Stanford. So if they would have won, if they would have won two out of three against Stanford, they would be a top five team in the country. But they didn't, and they lost one of their best pitchers. Their offense is not that good, and they lost one of their best pitchers. Another one of the pitchers not, it just doesn't have it right now. Um, I mean, Ben, Cal, Arizona State, and Washington. I put mark my word, they lose one and of those Washington three series. State and Washington State. Okay, they're that's gonna four lose series wins right there. No, they're going to lose at least one of them. We know how this goes. I know, but I and, and I think they're going to win the series against Oregon State to end the year. They win that they're, series, dude. They're going to be a national not, seed. They're not. They're not beating Oregon State two out of three. Everybody's but all it, hyped up on Oregon State, dude. All right, let me let me tell you why. Just let me just fast forward here. Why I think Oregon State is is overrated. All right, and and maybe not overrated. Maybe that's the wrong. Let word. me hear it. But I, I think Oregon State is not as good as what everybody's drooling over. Okay, so they um. Let's see. The, the biggest series that they've played this year, I believe they've lost. I know when they played Stanford, that was one of the biggest series they played. They lost that series. Two extra inning um, games. Two extra inning games. Um, but they they really haven't played any other series other than that. Um, of course, they, they have two wins against Gonzaga. Great. They have three wins against Gonzaga. Three, three wins against Gonzaga. That actually that holds some weight. Uh, they have a win against Grand Canyon, but a loss against Grand Canyon. But, you know, they went two out of three against Cal, which is good. Um, but USC is terrible. Long Beach State is terrible. USC are... beat UCLA in, in Los Angeles. Or not in I Los Angeles. I, I think USC is in last place in the, in the Pac-12. They're not good. Um, they swept Long Beach and swept USC. They took care of business. Good teams take care of business. Yeah, but listen, dude. Oregon State hasn't played the three best opponents yet besides Stanford. They haven't played the three best. They they finished the year Oregon, Arizona, and UCLA. And we'll learn those a lot the, about them. Those are the three. Yeah, and we'll learn a lot about them. You're right. We'll leave it at that. But I, I just I'm not bought into the Beavers yet. I'm not like they should be 28 and eight with the schedule they've played so far. They should be. I mean, you could also say they could be 25 and 11 with three more losses if they weren't as good of a team that takes care of business. You know what well, I'm saying? Sure. But anyway, anyway, <laughs> sure. Auburn, if they were twenty-five and eleven <laughs> with that schedule, they would be a bubble team. I don't know about that, but Auburn walked off Alabama State in ten innings. 
I just think that's yeah. I mean, trust Alabama me. Alabama State's how, good though. Alabama they're, State's they're, nothing yeah, to slouch over. But but Auburn shouldn't be going to extra innings every Tuesday night. I, mean, I swear every, they're I swear they're oh oh bad. They actually <laughs> redeemed themselves though last night. I was watching the game. They they kicked the crap out of Kennesaw State. Oh yeah. I don't even know oh, what the yeah. score was. I'm but... I'm out on Kennesaw, by the way. I'm I'm still kind of in on Kennesaw. You're still, in. You're still in. One foot bit in. in. Yeah, I'm still one foot in on Kennesaw. I think they have the hot, cold, hot theory down. They're just cold right now. But beginning of the year, they were they were really, really good. So I'm hoping they get back to that. Um, if Auburn could have just found a way to win one more against Ole Miss, they oh. they they'd be on they. Dude, I mean, or even Mississippi State, they just blew. They just played bad baseball against those two teams. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. I mean, I honestly, I think South Carolina like takes two out of three against Auburn this weekend. What's up with everybody hating on South Carolina this year? I don't know. South I got, la- I almost got laughed off Twitter for having them in my regional projections as a three seed. Their resume is brutal. No, but, it's not. No, it's not. No, it's not. They have they have series wins against Vanderbilt, I know, Texas, I know. Ole Miss. Go ahead. I mean, they have series wins against uh, Vanderbilt, Texas, Ole Miss. Um, I don't know. I'm 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 in on. I mean, yeah, they got swept by Clemson, sure, but and they swept got swept by, Clemson, by Tennessee. Swept by Tennessee. They lost, lost the midweek <laughs> Xavier. All right. Well, they've lost uh, two out of three against Missouri. They Georgia. lost the Citadel. All right, they, all right. I see. I see why people. Series at Missouri. Like Ben, like you can't ignore fifty percent of your schedule. Cherry pick out what you want to see. I like, know. I, I, well, I I had the whole like grand scheme of things in my head. I was just picturing what I remembered. I forgot they got swept by Clemson. Forgot they got swept by Tennessee and and lost two or three like to South Missouri Carolina, and Georgia. I think are they a top sixty four team in the country? Probably. Like like let's be honest. But yeah. at the same time, like. Like, dude, you got to – like, when it comes to postseason, you can't just put the SEC glasses on and be like, they're, you know, like, I think South Carolina is good. I think they're a talented team, but, like, postseason is about rewarding a team over 56 games, not just three yeah. games. Yeah. So, if uh, – let's, let's put it this way. If they take – if they beat Auburn this week in two out of three, they beat Alabama next week in two out of three – now you're sitting like, oh, South Carolina's right back, right in this mm-hmm. thing. And then yeah. if they can find a way to avoid a sweep the rest of the year, and then they have to win one of those. Well, okay, let's say hey. one, two, three, four. They have five series left. They got to win three out of five. Dude, they have the three. this. They have the easiest hard schedule of anybody in the country left. And I say easiest hard schedule because it's not an easy schedule, but it looks easy on paper, but it's pretty hard. They have mm-hmm. Auburn, Alabama, Texas A&M, Kentucky, Florida. On paper right now, you look at those five teams and you say, ah, like nothing really impresses me. You know, they're all just above average teams. But those teams don't have any weaknesses either. And like that's why the, the SEC is so deep this year, man. It's crazy. Yeah. It's wild because, I, I mean, I, I could pick the series winner either way and, and feel comfortable about it. And when, yeah. when South Carolina goes and plays Kentucky, I could see myself picking Kentucky, or I could see myself picking Kentucky uh, or South Carolina, um, and feel speaking just of, as good. Speaking of Kentucky, Louisville t- took that little bluegrass state battle. I think Louisville is better than people are people are giving them credit for. 
Um, and I and I say I don't want to say the credit part because they were top ten, got swept at Florida State. Mm-hmm. But Louisville, if it, it did, if Louisville can find a way to get in a hosting spot and host the regional, I would put money that Louisville in the super. They yeah, good. but I don't know if I'm Louisville. I think I would rather be a two seed because if they do host. They're going to be like a 15 or a 16. And they're going to get a really good one seat. A really seat. good two seed. And they're going to get a really good – I mean, the Super Regional is going to be against either Tennessee or Arkansas more than likely or Oregon <laughs> hey, State. So Here's what I think happened. Louisville either hosts Vandy or Vandy hosts Louisville. I think that's going to be like a, one of those – I think that's how it's going to end up happening. How, though? Oh, you think that like one's going to be a two seed, one's going to – Oh, I see what you're saying. Oh, I, okay. Okay. Yep. Yep. I agree. Either Vanderbilt's going to host and happen. Louisville will be the, the two seed. or So you're saying they're basically 16-17. They're going to be ranked. Something like that. Some, yeah. I think when it comes down to the end, I think that's what it's going to be. I'm not saying exactly, but 16, 17, 18 or whatever. But. Now, I don't know if the committee would put Vanderbilt as a 16 and Tennessee as the one, even though geographically it fits. Oh, my, oh my God. Could you imagine a Tennessee Bandy super? Yeah, the super. That's what uh, – in Knoxville, though. God, man. Could you imagine Vanderbilt rolling into Knoxville for a Super Regional? That would be the definition of a regional and a Super Regional. Like, I mean, there wouldn't be a better Super Regional than that. You just can't have it. No. Give me a Texas-Arkansas. Yeah. But anyway, I, I don't want to get too carried away because we can sit here all day. Um, yeah, midweek was pretty boring. Cal Poly, they're kind of surging up a little bit. Put up a fight with Stanford. I like Cal Poly. I actually went back and watched that game on demand on ESPN Plus because I was up at three in the morning with my son. And you know, they Brooke. of course everybody knows Brooks Lee. He's the yep. uh, the coach's son. He's superstar, first round draft pick. He dude, he's like an anchor in that lineup. He's super swaggy. He, he doesn't get overly anxious at the plate. He's very, very passive. Um, but they have, dude, they have some explosive players. And I don't know, like, their their schedule, I went back and looked, and I wasn't super impressed. But no, I don't, I still think they're a good team. I just don't know if the West Coast Conference is going to get two teams this year. The their their RPI is big West. Big West. I mean, wow. Wow. That was a big mistake. Uh, yeah. The big West, their RPI is. Just are, are trash. Everybody I mean, is. honestly, you know, you want to know what I think is the common denominator in a lot of these schedules, the Long Beach and Irvine series. When you see them taking two out of three against Long Beach, two out of three against Irvine, you're like, oh, that's a pretty big-, big win. But at the same time, I've seen it on so many schedules, and I'm just sitting here like, Long Beach kind of sucks. I mean, and then Irvine, they kind of suck too. <laughs> Irvine's better than Long Beach. A a lot better. Yeah, Irvine is a lot better than Long Beach, but Irvine is not a team I'm like scared of either. Yeah, I'm looking at the RPIs for the Big West right now: two ninety four, two ninety two, one ninety eight, two seventy four, two hundred three, one fifteen, seventy eight, seventy one, ninety three, forty seven. Santa Barbara's the best team in that conference, and they're a forty seven RPI. Yep. It's different. We've we've seen Santa Barbara back in 2018, 2019 be a top 10 RPI. And it just Big West hard. Big West need the tournament too. Do they not have a tournament? I thought they did. No, no, no. It's the regular season winner. I thought I remembered 
Fullerton hosting a Big West tournament? When you... nah, I don't think so. Maybe maybe I'm wrong. But um, I guess speaking of Fullerton, funny stat of the day: Fullerton's eight and four in the conference, but fourteen and twenty overall. So they figured something out since conference play. Started winning some ball games. Oh man, hey, the only or oh yeah, hey Oral Roberts beat Oklahoma State. Yeah, but Oral Roberts, I, I feel like they own Oklahoma State. They always beat them, and that's just from memory. They might might be the uh, Berenstein Bears effect, or what is it? What's it called? The Nelson Mandela effect. I just every time Oral Roberts plays Oklahoma State, I count that as a win in my head. Oral Roberts really? wins that game almost every they, single they're time. Gonna, hey, they're gonna win their they're gonna win the summit automatic bid. They're I mean, I don't like see I don't North know. North Dakota, Dakota State's State. pretty they're pretty good. They they were made a, they were in a regional last year. Yeah, but give me uh give me Oral Roberts in that conference and hey, that's a solid four seed. That's a very good four seed. That's a that's a four seed that's gonna go to probably the the number 16, probably, 15, or 14. Oklahoma State again. Yeah, and nobody wants to see that. <laughs> no, no no Oklahoma State fan wants to see Oral Roberts in a, on a Friday night matchup. Yeah. Um, it, dude, yeah, it's, so fun. I mean, it's so funny. It's so funny the discrepancies between what four seed you get. It, it totally dictates what you're going to do in the regional. Um, because if, you can you could sit your, your ace guy if you're playing a – uh, a MEAC school or a SWAC school or um, even like That's an OVC, something like that. It, it, but if you're playing a you're playing an Oral Roberts, you can't do that. Ben, when I look at a four seed, I don't look at how good their team is. All I care about if they're number one Friday night guy. If yep. he's a stud, then you're saying, oh shit. If if because that stud like, could beat anybody in the nation. I mean, that's all it takes. It's all if because then now you're in that Saturday one and O game against either the two or the three seed. Hey, mm-hmm. you're riding high. You got some momentum going. You win that game. You're in the driver's seat. Like that's all it takes. Yeah. With 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 these four seeds because dude, your ace gets you a win on Friday night. That's why you see so many times. The host loses opening game. They come back and win the series because they're the depth depth of the team. That's why they're the best team. That's why they're hosting. They can win four games a week. Their fourth guy is really better than most teams, two or three. So that's why you see that that host come back all the way from the loose bracket win because the four seed doesn't have anything left after they're one and maybe they're two. Maybe. And then maybe one bullpen guy that you're going to have to extend four or five innings. That's where – Hey, Coastal's lineup, Stony Brook's lineup. Um, that's where some of these lineups carry these teams through these regionals, where they scored, you know, six, seven, eight runs. They kept putting pressure. Well, on dude, uh, to correct you a little bit, Coastal, I felt like they rode three pitchers the whole way. <laughs> but but, but, but they, they kept used... putting pressure on teams. All, yeah, yeah, all I mean, of course. weekend. So when you well, that's why if, if I'm a college baseball fan or if I'm trying to get someone to understand the game a little more. Pay attention to games on Friday night. Pay attention to these smaller schools, these mid-major. Look at what their Friday night guys are doing. Mm-hmm. That will give you a, a gauge on who you want in your regional, who you don't want in your regional. I, I just found a way to fix the RPI, Dimitri. This might be breaking news here. Why aren't Friday night games weighted differently than Saturday, Sunday, or Tuesday games? That should play that, that whoever's smarter than us that listens to this podcast. If you I can formulated write, that in there. 
that can that can write an algor- algorithm. If you can factor in Friday games to weigh more than Saturday games, to weigh more than Sunday games, to weigh more than midweek games, that would fix the RPI. Who's but at the same the time, that, game? that would screw over a small school team that wins that midweek game against, let's just say Mercer beating Florida State or Georgia Southern beating Florida State. Those games matter a lot when you're in a shitty conference where you win those games. But now if you take well, it would still it would still help your RPI because of the strength of schedule. Uh, I don't know. I'm not smart enough to. I, I think okay. Here, this I know you just said you're not smart enough, but you are a smart guy, Dimitri. Um, let me let me put it to you this way, and I think you'll agree. If Florida, if my, if sorry, if Mercer beat Florida State on a Friday night, that's more impressive than Mercer beating Florida State on a Tuesday. Correct. Correct. So that's why I'm saying it should be weighted differently. Now, don't get me wrong. If Mercer beat Florida State on a Tuesday, it's still going to help their resume because the strength of schedule is going to go up and you know they're going to beat a quad one team, such and such. But beating them on a Friday night, like when Wofford beat Dallas Baptist on Friday, that significantly helped them in the, in the public eye because you're like, oh, wow, that's a, that's a big win. But it, it was the exact same as if they would have beat them on a, on a Wednesday. Fair enough, fair enough. I, I can agree with that. But at the same time, not everyone can schedule Florida State on a Friday night. Like Mercer, like... They did it two I, years ago. Mercer did. Uh-huh. Mercer played a weekend series at Florida State and got swept. They got donkey They stomped. got swept. But, so, yeah. I mean, but we're, I'm ta- I was talking about this year specifically. So, um, I don't know. The, that's, that's, some, that's, that's a good point, though. I kind of, I think I'm kind of like that idea. Because then it, like, then it, then it forces coaches to really focus on Fridays and then, and then like kind of rumor spreads across the country. So Friday night games are sold out across the country. You know, people are going cause like, this is our best product. Let's go watch this game means the most. Yeah. I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe yeah. I'm looking too far into it, but, but yeah, that's, I mean, you got anything else from the midweek from the midweek? Um, no, I don't. I mean, not off the top of my head. I'm sure there'll, there'll be something to pop up along the way for this episode. But um, if Southern you want to care of business, I mean, yeah, I mean, Southern uh, Miss yeah. is just rolling right now. They're they're way too good. Um, but I'm a little nervous about them. I think they're going to have to cool off at some point. And yeah, we know their pitching is good, and the pitching. Um, I mean. I mean, Ben. They that got through me a little bit. They got through the they they got through most of their schedule pretty well. Now they got Rice and UAB, Old, Old Dominion, uh, Old Dominion, UTSA, another good one in the Middle Tennessee. So, I mean, Southern Myth, just don't trip over your own shoelaces. And I think they're the regional in Hattiesburg. Yeah. Well, yeah, no, I agree. But I'm saying I, I'm worried about the bats because at the beginning of the year, they were not swinging it well and they were kind of fluctuating. Like That's when they lost the majority of their games. Six of their eight losses were an, until March 13th, which was four weeks into the season. But like when they play when they play games now, it looks like they have a really good, good offense, but those bats are going to cool off at some point. So. I'm looking right now at the schedule. They don't really have – I mean, UTSA is going to be tough. Ole Miss will be tough. Old Dominion, South Alabama. Even UAB is good. I don't know. I mean, I, I could see them stumbling stumbling to the finish line and, like, having to win the Conference USA tournament to, to become a host. But yep. the, 
good news about that is Southern Miss is actually hosting the Conference USA tournament in Hattiesburg. So I'm intrigued with that. I'm, I'm thinking about maybe making a trip. That would, be a, that would be such a fun conference tournament to go to. That would be. All right, Ben. Let's go. Mid-major, let's do- mid-major player of the year, and then we'll go into um, Golden, Golden Spikes. Spikes. Yeah, so the mid-major player of the year, I came up with about 20 names that I wanted to talk about, but I will limit that for our, our listeners' discretion. Um, I mean, these are some of the names that you've heard before through our Twitter accounts. I mean, these guys are popping off and, and, and just absolutely just dominating their competition. But guys like Colby Thomas from Mercer, I'll, I'll go ahead and start with him. He's 16 home runs on the year. He's got like over 100 total bases, and he like 10 for 10 stolen bases. He's just a five-tool guy. Um, I have JT Weber from Southern Illinois, Chase DeLauder from James Madison. Chase DeLauder is a, he's a guy like Brooks Lee, who's probably going to go in the first round this year. Um, if you remember Dimitri, he's the one that hit one. It, it was yep. like over, over a parking lot or yep. over a building, uh, early in the season. Yep. Just a, a freak athlete for James, James Madison. Madison. Um, you know, of course we know about Derek Orndorff. He was leading the nation with 10 homers, like throughout the first two weeks of the season. He's a stud. Um, let's see if any other – Carlos Contreras from Sam Houston was lead the nation in RBIs up until a couple weeks ago. He's a he's an interesting one there. How about, how about this guy, Matt Kootenay from Old Dominion? 363, 18 homers, 42 RBI, tied for the nation's lead with Kevin Parada. Yeah, him and Parada are, are tied for the nation's lead. You're right. And uh, Kootenay. I, there, I keep dude, there's Old Dominion also has another guy named Andy Garillo uh, or Gary Gariola. Gariola, sorry, not Garillo. I misspelled. Andy Gariola, he he also rakes. Um, I remember watching him the fir- second weekend. They played a big series that I don't remember who they were playing, but they uh, they they can really swing it. Uh, Griffin uh, Griffin Cheney from Georgia State. He's got two three homer games. I want to say this year is that right or just one. He had a three-homer game against Clemson, and then I want to say he just hit another one. He had two. He had two against Georgia Tech. Two against Georgia Tech. Um, Brooks Lee, Brad Malm, both of those guys we've known since day one. Malm's kind of slowing down a little bit, but he's still still producing for for Albany. I mean, 346, 14 homers as a shortstop. It's pretty good. Mm -hmm. Uh, Jason Henchman from Tennessee Tech. We saw him. Hey, don't With sleep that. on those. Hey, don't sleep on those small school shortstops. Hey, your boy, your boy Pena from came from Maine. And now yeah, no, yeah, uh, Jeremy Pena for the Astros. I didn't know, dude. I called Dez. The it was opening day. I was like trying to memorize where everybody went to college, and I almost didn't click on Pena's name because I was like, oh, he's probably from, you know, Venezuela or Dominican Republic, Puerto Rico. And I clicked on his name. And it said Maine, and I was I like scratched my head. I was like, this cannot be right. Went back and Googled Jeremy Pena and uh, showed him in a Maine uniform. And then I started learning about Maine baseball. And let's take a little sidestep here. Dimitri, did you know Maine went to something like 12 or 8 or 12 College World Series in the 70s and 80s? I had no idea. They were a powerhouse, dude. It just whenever you have some free time, <laughs> really? dude, and for all the listeners, just Google Maine baseball. And, and they were in the College World Series consistently. Uh, they were – they were what what some people Fordham. would call were they better uh, than Fordham back in no, the day? I'm, I'm trying to compare them to a team uh, like maybe a Cal State Fullerton from the 90s um, or a 
a rice. They were very similar to a rice, just always in the college world series, a small school. Um, and it's just more impressive that they were up North, but yeah, anyways, um, were they better than Fordham in, the, in that time? No, Fordham was, so Fordham was really, really good in like the 1800s and early 1900s. <laughs> when they were still <laughs> riding horses to the field. Yeah, right. Yes, yes, yes. Um, Fordham still leads the Division One in most most wins out of any program in the nation, which it'll get broken one of these years, but it's crazy. Yeah, So, but yeah, Jeremy Pena, Brad Mom. Hey, maybe, maybe we see a little uh, Brad Mom action in about four or five years. I mean, if you can play, I mean, if he plays this well at this level, he's going to continue to work his way up the system. That's for sure. Um, some so pictures here. Way, I wanted to say something. I wasn't going to say it, but I thought the exact same thing when I saw Jeremy Pena. I thought he was just some, you know, international draft prospect. Yeah. And I know. He's sure a, enough, he was a main gift for him. Shout out to him. Um, the uh, dude. Uh, of course, we forgot. Or I forgot to say our our guy from day one since last year, um, Zach Neto or Net. It's Neto, not Neto. Swag. Maybe it's Neto, dude. Just it's, complete swag, Neto. Neto. I don't know. His mom's gonna get mad. She's gonna tweet at me. Um, she's she's yeah. one of the OG listeners of the show. And she's awesome. Maggie, Maggie Neto. She's she's a beast on Twitter. Um, but I think he's probably gonna be the favorite to win it. Just all in all, uh, I know he's. Dealt with a little bit of injuries, but if he's you're just going, down, he's kind of having a well, a, a down year for his standard. Yeah, but it's also everybody knows about him now. Like other teams prepare for him, they don't want him to beat him, and, and he's dealt through yeah. a little bit of injuries. So, um, but if you're just talking about which which mid major player stands out on the field more than anybody else, um, I, I think it's Zach 100. percent I think he's just the. I mean, he could start at any school in the nation. It doesn't matter where. But at the same at the at at the same time. This Matt Cooney dude from Old Dominion would win it if the award ended today. Ooh, you think so? I mean, dude, 363, 18 homers, 42 RBIs. I, I think Colby Thomas has had a better year than that, and I wouldn't even say Colby Thomas is my favorite to win it. Colby Thomas is hitting 14 points less in our average, two less homers, and he has only two RBIs more. I mean, but he does he's also a leadoff. He's also triples. a leadoff hitter. He has more total bases and he has more stolen bases. Fair. He's, okay. He's, he's what a about, more complete package. Um, I mean, I mean, that Gariola, Gariola, thirteen doubles, a triple, fifteen homers, teammates with um that Coot with Kootenay from Old Dominion. Yeah. Um, but I mean. I'm I surprised. wish there was a way. I wish there was a way to sort by total bases. I, I think total bases is my favorite stat to sort by. Um, I guess I can go by OPS. Uh, Michael C- uh, Carrico, Michael Carrico from Davidson, has the highest OPS of any mid-major player. He's hitting 424 on base percentage, like 576, 53 hits, 15 doubles, one triple, 11 or 11 home runs, 36 RBIs. That's a that's a damn good season right there. That's a great season. How about this dude Trey Page from Delaware State, three ninety eight, twelve sixty nine OPS. <laughs> I love a good Delaware State reference. I mean, damn. Hey, that Andrew Cassetti from St. Joseph, he was on our list or one of our watch lists last year. I don't know. I don't know if he made it to quarterfinals or not, but 
14 yeah. homers, 50 ribby, 1275, hitting 346. You know who's a name I, I don't even see anywhere on here, but he was a finalist last year, was Austin Knight from Charlotte. Yeah. I, I don't even see his name anywhere on this leaderboard. Uh, I mean, I don't know. I haven't kept up with him this year. I need to go back and do some do some I research. I think he got hurt. I think he was hurt for a while this year. Oh, that makes sense. That makes sense. I think he was hurt. Um, um how about how about this Joey Walls from UNLV and UNLV is is tearing up the Mountain West right now. I think they're fourteen and one in conference play. Uh, they have a guy named Joey Walls who plays right field for him. He has twenty one doubles leading the nation right now. That's, I will I will raise you a Henry Zeisler from UNLV. Four twenty four. He's hitting four twenty four nine homer, fourteen double. I don't know. I think that's pretty pretty comparable. I raised you, so that means it's better. I'm trying to see if there's anybody else here that that stands out to me on the hitting side. Now the pitching side of things, it, it gets pretty good. It gets pretty good mid major um, pitchers. I don't. I don't we're we're not going to get into this whole two lane blah 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 mid major argument. But Ethan Groff, you remember him hitting the walk off home run to beat? Yeah, Mr. yeah. Eight. Uh, He's hitting 425, 424, eight homers. That's a hell of a season. Yeah, no, Groff's have. I mean, he's he's up there for like all American status, no doubt. Um, but anyways, let's do some pitchers here for for the mid major. Um, I love the pitcher side. I I do too. Now I feel so bad for Caleb Riedel from mm-hmm. Omaha. He's he's got a .93 ERA. He's only given up four earned runs in thirty eight and two thirds innings. And he's two and two on the year. Just they cannot get the guy some wins. I, he's only given up four earned runs all year, and he has two losses. That's tough. Okay. How go? How about Drew Thorpe from Cal Poly? Oh, I mean, I don't think Drew Thorpe has anything. I'm, one of my favorite mid-major pitchers this year is is Thomas Harrington. I, we need to talk about him. He, dude. Wait, 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 wait. Drew Thorpe has eighty-nine Ks. He's second in the country in strikeouts. Harrington has 86, though. He's 8-1 and one as a starter with a 1.3 ERA. No, I'm dude. not saying he's not. I think, I think Harrington's having a better year, but I'm just looking at – I thought we were just kind of pointing out multiple. Yeah, I mean, that's fair. I, mean, I, I jumped the gun. I, I, I'm on the Harrington train, though. I think that guy is by far in a way – he's the first-round pick. I, I think – he's. I mean, he throws so hard, dude. It's you can't teach how hard this kid throws, and it's not like the obnoxious like oh he throws a hundred. No, he throws like ninety five, and it's just super heavy. The ball yeah. just is so heavy. The catcher's glove moves moves every time he catches it. Uh, and it's not a knock on Campbell's catcher, but um, I love Thomas Harrington. He's going to be when when Campbell gets in as a four seed, maybe a three seed. But if they get in as a four seed, and and a number one overall seed has to yes, not sir. number one overall, but if a number one seed has to face Thomas Harrington. Game one, good luck. Hey, put put Campbell at the four seed in that Georgia regional. I oh. I I would I would put Jonathan Cannon Campbell. versus versus Thomas Harrington. Would I would be a take great the value matchup. there and, and, and take Campbell in that game one. I would take Campbell against a lot of teams. Game one with, with Harrington on the mound and I, a little Zach Nito bomb. That why do I say Nito Neto Neto Nito Nito Neto Neto Nito. <laughs> Um, the, uh, here's something for you. Give me one second. I'm about to pull it up. I'm about to pull up. 
Jackson Kelly stats from Mercer, and I know I'm a little Mercer biased right now, but nobody's having a better pitching season than than him. Nobody in the nation is having a better pitching season than Jackson Kelly uh, from Mercer. He's a reliever. He's not necessarily their closer. He's more of just the he's the old shit guy. Yeah, he's the Kevin Cops, the 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 closer that comes in in the sixth inning and throws the last three or four innings of the game. Um, he's got a .25 ERA this year. Hold on, Ben. Why can't I find him on the D1 baseball stats page? So I asked that question to myself as well. And it's because you have to qualify for that stats page. You inning? have to have one inning pitch for every game you're for every the the amount of games your team or your team has played. What am I trying to say here? Hold on. One point one point one inning pitch per team game played. Yes. So Mercer's played thirty seven games this year, and he has thirty five and two thirds innings pitched. So he oh, so will become eligible weekend, after this weekend. He'll be in there. Yes, but so. He he has a zero point two five ERA in thirty five and two thirds innings. That means he's given up one earned run all year, and in the thirty five and two thirds innings pitched, only fifteen hits and fifty eight strikeouts. Uh, I mean that that is incredible. That's that's better than Kevin Copps's numbers from last year. I know Kevin Copps played against much harder competition. I'm not trying to compare it, but I don't know if you if you took the average division one pitcher and you put him in a 13 and under league or 14 and under league freshman baseball. I don't know if they would have numbers like this, dude. It's, it's crazy, crazy to me. Almost two strikeouts per innings pitched one earned run. That one earned run was a home run. I want to see who hit that home run against him. Give me a second. I'm going on his game log. It was Florida state. I was at this game. And it was S. Roberts. Oh, no, no, not S. Roberts. Okay, Brett Roberts. I was like, S. Roberts? That doesn't make it. Yeah, it was Brett Roberts who hits like clean up for him. Hit a home run against him. Yeah. Um... That's that's crazy. Uh, anyway, so other pitcher. I, I just kind of had a I had a moment there for a second. The uh, the other pitchers though, I mean Thorpe's on my list from Cal Poly. Um, a guy named Shamar Page from Grambling State. He's kind of running that Grambling State team, uh, his pitching staff right now. I don't have his. Hold on. Uh, I just had his numbers pulled up. Here we go. Here we go. Shamar Page. He's four and four with a three ERA, but they've played against some much better comp. He's pitched against much better competition. Um, but he has 85 strikeouts in 57 innings. So I mean, he's That's a strikeout machine. Yeah, pretty solid. Um, another guy here that I like, the um, where did he go? Gabriel Hughes from Gonzaga. There was a few different guys from Gonzaga that I liked a lot. But Tristan he, Brayling and Gabriel Hughes. Mm-hmm. Brayling is their, their Friday night. Yeah, I like both of them. I mean, there was a couple they're, Gonzaga they're guys I have on the list. Uh, Bryson Mouts from San Diego. Um, 86 strikeouts. He's six and one on the mound this year. Mason Adams from from Jacksonville is having a pretty good year. Now his ERA is not great, but four and one with 80 strikeouts and only 55 innings. I'm all about that life. Mm-hmm. Um, where's the guy from UC Irvine? There he is, Gordon Ingbertston, UC Irvine. He's five and zero with a 1.03 ERA. Pretty solid. And then there was one more I have. It's Jonathan Brand from Miami. I'm pulling up his stats right now. 
There he is. So Miami, Ohio is is neck and neck right now with Central Michigan in the MAC. I think Central Michigan something like seventeen and one, and Miami, Ohio is yeah. Ball State, yeah, but Ball State's second in that conference. Oh, oh, I just got Miami, Ohio, and Ball State mixed up. That's my fault. You're right. It is Ball State. That's that's a lot better. Yeah. Well, Jonathan Brand from Miami, Ohio has a one point three ERA, six and one, um, punching dudes out left and right. I don't know. There, there's a lot of good mid-major pitchers. I know I just left out some of the some of the name brand ones. Like every like the entire Southern Miss pitching staff needs to be on there. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then I guess segueing into Golden Spikes. Well, before I do that, was there anybody any other mid-major guys you had your eyes on, Dimitri? Um not I mean, we we kind of covered most of them. Um from the pitching side of thing, you know what? I think, I think saves. Let me ask you that. So save and win, I guess, can be very similar in terms of it's a team. It, it yeah. relies on the team a lot. So like, save you have to have a three runs or less, eighth or ninth inning. You know, for you to even get a save. So, I think save, but at the same time, it's hard to get save because. Like, you know, everything's got to line up. It's all situational, right? Right. Yeah. So, but if you're talking saves, Dalton uh, Randon. So, so this guy from Wofford, Mm -hmm. Dalton Radon, 55 strikeout, 51 innings, decent, you know, pretty Mm -hmm. good. A little over one per inning, only seven walks. But he's 51 inning with a save. So I'm sitting here like. And he has five wins. And he had, he had 24 appearances on the year already. So this dude has been throwing twice a weekend and maybe on a Tuesday too. Mm-hmm. I mean, how many weeks? How, what week is this coming up? So this is coming up on week 11. We've finished so 10 we weeks. we finished 10 weekends. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's, he's averaging over two appearances a week, which is – that's fine. But he's, aver- he's averaging over two innings per appearance. That's yeah. the crazy part. So he's throwing four innings again relief. So that I mean that's their dude, Dalton Rondins. I I'll have to I'll you know what? I'll pull up his pronunciation on the pronunciation guide for the Oh ESPN yeah, yeah. Plus. Make sure you get that right cuz you'll be calling <laughs> his name out this week. Yeah. Um, um so hey, close game, slight lead. That guy's coming in the game this weekend. I can't twice. wait for a little Jackson Kelly versus Dalton Rondins little matchup. It's probably yeah, going to go 12 that. innings. Um, but other than that, Ben, I think we covered up covered most of them. Um, and you never know who else is going to pop up the rest of the year. I mean, we still got twenty four games left or so. Never know who else is going to come up into the mid major player of the year. Yeah, this is just yeah, kind of yeah. a watch list for us. Um, but for the Golden Spikes, so USA Baseball came up or came out with their with their um, Golden Spikes watch list a couple weeks ago, and I mean it's the names that you you're used to seeing. You know, Hunter Barco and Dylan Beavers, uh, Jordan Beck, Jacob Berry, Enrique Bradfield, Justin Campbell. All of those guys will be a first-round pick. Unless Hunter Barco's injury is bad, then probably not. He might be coming back to school. Um, Dylan Cruz, he made the list. He's having a good year, but I don't think this is his year to win it. I I really think next year is going to be his year. He's only a sophomore. Um. It's this hey, this list is very think, SEC, you, very SEC you, loaded here. 
Do you think Tennessee? Let me ask you this: Do you think Tennessee has the Golden Spikes winner? No. Huh? You saying right now or like project for the future or what? I mean, like, either way, like I say no. Do you think the Golden Spikes winner comes from Tennessee? Uh, uh-uh. I think they're gonna probably split too many votes. Their 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 whole line. If you were to pick one guy this year from it'd Tennessee, be Trey Lipscomb or Jordan it's, Beck. It's got to be, in my opinion, Trey Lipscomb. Yeah, Trey Lipscomb. If he but, can, if he, I mean, if that guy goes on a, a tear for the next three weeks to end the year or whatever, he'll be he'll be in New York as a finalist. Here, here's um, a guy that that isn't on the list right now. Let me double check here. Yeah, how about uh, Sonny Deshara is not on this list? And let me just read you his stats. Honey, or Sonny oh, he, Deshara he, he, from, he, from Auburn. He's hitting 434 this year. His on-base percentage just dipped below 600 yesterday. 15 doubles, 11 homers, 36 RBIs. And his strikeout-to-walk ratio, he's got 39 walks, only 22 strikeouts. <laughs> He's the biggest reason why Auburn is is potentially. Wait, hold on, oh, hold on. Why am I? Why am I? Uh, what what date did this article this this list come out? April fifth. Yeah. yeah. So almost okay, three weeks ago. April fifth one. This, all right, I'm on the most recent one then. Okay. Um, I, I, I think, think Sonny Deshara can can be on that list whenever they come out with their semifinalists. He's just, he rakes. I think it's funny that Drew Jones and Termar Johnson are on this list. Both Georgia yeah, well, high the, school players. Yeah, but they're the two best high school players by far. They're going to they're gonna they're be both early first-round picks. Yeah, yeah, they are. Um, I don't know. I mean, people forget the, the Golden Spikes isn't the best Division One player. It's the best amateur baseball player. So it can be high school. It could be D3, D2, D1. Juco NAIA. When is the last a, time? Okay, but with, did Bryce Harper win as a, uh, as a Juco player? Yeah, he did in 2010, that's, I believe. And is he the only, is, that's the most, that's the last person to win it, not a D1 player? I think he's the only one to win it, not Division One. That's what, that's what, that's what I meant. Um, Unless there was somebody like way back, like way, way, way back. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, I, I still think if, if I had to put money on who I think is going to win the Golden Spikes, I still yeah. I just I believe in Ivan Melendez a lot, and okay. I believe mm-hmm. I believe in Ivan Melendez. I just don't know if they're going to pitch to him enough. Yeah. He just has the yeah. same vibes as as the uh, Spencer Torkelson and the Andrew Vaughn, just big sluggers that the that the the voting committee yeah. loves. No, I hear you. Well, who do you think? Like, who would be your favorite right now? <laughs> I mean, because you gotta, you gotta think like competition. Kind of, we know how they do that. They try to screw Kyle out of his at mm-hmm. the end because he played in a small conference. But I mean, I think it's going to be a hitter this year. I oh, think, I don't yeah. think there's any. I don't think there's any pitchers even close. You know who? I, you know what? I changed my mind. I, I blinked. Uh, Kevin Parada right now from Georgia Tech is my pick. If if it ended today, I think Parada would win it just because he's leading the nation in home runs and RBIs. 
Yeah. That that'll do it. I wouldn't be surprised. I think I think Parada, Trey, I think Trey Lipscomb will end up in New York. Mm-hmm. Um Parker Messick, if he can if Parker he can, Messick's a good one if too. If he can yeah. string a couple dominant outings to end the year, not so much strikeout wide, but just runs wide. If mm-hmm. he can lower his DRA a little bit. He he might be one, um, but at the end of the day, <laughs> Trey Lipscomb, Parada, or him. Jace Young, Jace Young is up there for me. He's got a ton of extra base hits. He he will always be up there. I just I just don't know if he can separate himself. Checking uh, one more stat here to see if if this. What? How many stolen bases does? Ooh, ooh, what about? Don't forget. What about Chase Burns or Dahlander? One of those two from Tennessee. Yeah, uh, I don't think I don't just I don't see a pitcher doing it this year, man. Yeah, I hear you. All right, well. Uh, all right, you ready to get into the weekend preview? Yeah, let's let's do it. Let's do let's it. Let's get into this weekend preview. Um, obviously, Dez and Stony are not with us right now. They sent in their picks, but we we're doing six series again, and not to brag, but you know, I, I casually went six and zero last week. But hey, just you extended my out. lead. You extended start, my I'm, lead by a lot. I'm I'm about to start getting dangerous because I told you I'm not making emotional picks anymore. I'm making actual picks on who I think to win. No more emotional picks, okay, Ben? So watch out. I'm coming. All right. Well, I think you're eight games behind me. Six or eight. No, I think I'm eight games ahead of you. No, you're six games ahead of me. No, I I went six and zero, so I gained ground on you. Yeah, I think you have thirty-eight wins. I have thirty-two wins. Okay, okay, then I'm six games. So if I go zero for six and you go six and zero, we'll be tied. But I ain't happening because I'm going six and zero again this week. Um, well, well, I I don't think I hope at least this week we're not we don't have any of the same pick. We better have some of the same pick. Yeah. Um, but here, this is the way we'll do it. Let me let me introduce the series here. We got six of them. Um, Wofford at Mercer, of course. That's a uh, that's a big one in the SoCon, and and for like at at large regional purposes. Um, big one in the Big Ten. Illinois at Maryland. ACC. We have NC State at Louisville. Big Twelve. TCU at Te- Oklahoma State. Let me say it again. TCU at Oklahoma State. Uh, American Conference. We have East Carolina at Tulane. And we have the granddaddy of them all, Mississippi State at Ole Miss. So this is wait, how we'll do it. Wait, Ole Miss at Mississippi State. Ole Miss at Mississippi State. You're right. What did I say? You said Mississippi State, Ole Miss. Well, uh, that, I'm an idiot. Wait, are you sure? I, I have it written down one way, but. Okay, correct. Correct. Make sure we get this right. This is I'm bad sure for. I'm pretty, sure they, I'm pretty sure they played at Ole Miss last year. I don't think that matters. They all I'm, I'm like, I'm pretty certain it's because uh, I wrote it down as Mississippi right. State at Ole Miss. Let me, but let, me, let, me, let, me let me do this right now. Let me do this so bad. They play tonight, by the way. I know that's why we that's why we're recording this episode early. Um, I cannot believe. Neither of these teams are top 25. Like, ooh, you are right. It's at Ole Miss. It's in Oxford. Yeah, that's what I thought. 
I'm always right, why, dude. I don't know why I had it flipped. Yeah. So, anyways, like as I was saying, it's uh, Mississippi State at Ole Miss. So this is what we're going to do. We're going to – I know usually I go first and then Stoney, then Dez, then you. But since Dez and Stoney aren't here, they already sent in their picks. So, of course, we're going to start here with Wofford at Mercer. And I'm I'm debating on even if I should pick this game because no, I'm going to be calling it. Ben, you're not that important. Let's be honest. <laughs> I, I, I'm thinking about doing the Kirk Herbstreet on, on College Game Day and say, oh, nope. I'm not going to pick this game because I'm calling it. Uh, I'm you a – you got to pick it. I, I, I'm. This is very unbiased. This is very national, national college baseball writers' uh, unbiased opinion of mine. Uh, but I do think Mercer is going to win this series because it's at home. Um, and I think that this is the most meaningful series Mercer has played in a very, very long time because they hate Wofford. I always hated Wofford playing at Mercer. Uh, just very similar schools, very similar type of players. Um, very good program though. They, they have a great program. I think they won the, the SOCON last year. Uh, or it could have been two years ago. I don't remember, but when it comes down to it, I think it comes down to two things in this series. Who's going to be more offensive because this is a band box of a ballpark, super tiny, as you know, and as I know, Dimitri and, and Mercer lives off of the long ball and, and Wofford lives off of stealing bases, playing small ball, hit and run those type of things. If this series was at Wofford, it would scare me a little bit more. But I think all in all, Mercer's going to come up. They're going to they're going to show out for this weekend, and they're going to win two out of three. Uh, they're going to slip up one of the three games. So I, I have Mercer. Ben, I, I remember what I told you about. I'm not making emotional picks anymore. Yeah, I figured this is where it was going to lead us. Go ahead and take when, it. When you put a team that plays small ball but also has some sneaky power and they play, they know how to manufacture run. When you add a small park and home run, that team becomes pretty dominant. And I'm not saying I'm going to be right here, but I'm taking Wofford this weekend. I think Mercer, they haven't, I mean, outside of their South Florida series, they haven't really had a bad weekend. And Wofford showed me they can beat good teams. They went on the road and beat Dallas Baptist. I know they can play on the road. They have just they have more wins to show me that like, hey, they're good. I'm not saying Mercer's not good. Of course, I think they're really good. But I'm giving my edge here to Wofford, and I'm going with the Terrier. I'm and glad I'm you did that. I'm glad you did that <laughs> because Stony and Dez both picked Mercer as well. So if we all know the rule, even though it's it's been broken, the curse has been broken, uh, I would have just been way less comfortable knowing that us four all picked um all picked Mercer. So I'm glad and you, you know, picked Campbell. And you know there. what? And you know what's even crazier? Yes, Mercer's now modern. Yes, I would love to pick Mercer, you know, root for my team. But I really do think Wofford has been tested more. I mean, Mercer did go on the road and take two out of three against Utah. Far away plays. They went on a long road trip for that one. But, man, just I hate picking against Mercer. I don't like doing it, but give me Mercer. Wait, give you Wofford, you mean? Huh? You said give me Mercer. Oh, you give can... me Wofford. Wofford. All right. Um, next series here, we got a little Big Ten action. Maryland or Illinois goes to Maryland. Now, Stoney kind of brought this to my attention last episode. I, I 
didn't know anything about Illinois, and I didn't know they were having a good year. But look at the Big Ten standings, and these teams are one and two right now. Actually, no, they're not. Rutgers is one. These two teams are two and three. When when the season started, I, I picked I picked Nebraska to win the Big Ten, but Maryland was the team that I said could come in and win the and, and could win the conference just because they were in that regional last year, uh, I believe at East Carolina, they played well. And uh, I knew they were returning a lot of their players. So I'm going to, I'm going to take Maryland here just because they're, they're not new and in Illinois, they're, they're 10 and two in the big 10, but they're 18 and 15 overall on the season. So I don't know what that tells me more. That tells you how weak the big 10 is. Yeah. And I, I agree with that. But I think Maryland is actually the best team in the Big Ten. I think Rutgers is going to fall off here pretty soon. Uh, and, and I think Maryland could potentially host a regional. I don't know if their field is good enough to. But uh, give me Maryland. I, I think they actually go in and sweep the series. But they'll at least win two out of three. Maryland, no doubt about it. Um, mm-hmm. They played a tougher schedule. They played a big, a more tougher schedule. They went on the road to Dallas Baptist. They've gone, they played real team. Illinois played a bunch of you know teams in the midwest correct me if i'm wrong i don't think they played a whole very many tough teams well no they've and, played some tough teams but they, i'm talking about winning they haven't really beaten tough teams yeah um, I, I would say their best win this year was against west virginia they won one game against west virginia yeah, yeah. and um i just think maryland by far the best team yeah, Big Ten. I think Maryland take care of business at home, especially. I think there's a better chance of Maryland sweeping this series than Illinois winning this series. Yep, I agree. Uh, and here we go. So we all picked Maryland because Des and Stoney both pick, took Maryland there too. So, yikes! Good. It's a good week to be Illinois. Uh, <laughs> anyways, next series here we got ACC action. NC State goes to Louisville. Um, this one, this one, I'm back and forth on a little bit. Uh, Des took Louisville and, and Stoney took NC State. And I know why Stoney took NC State because he calls Louisville frauds all the time. I don't think Louisville is frauds. I think they're a legitimate ACC contender. They're potential, potential host. They're yeah. legit offensively. Now, this is one of those series where like, it, it means a ton for the teams and their, and their postseason aspirations because they're, they're tied for first right now in the Atlantic. Um, North Carolina, NC State's played two more games than them in conference play, but you know, games back wise, like they're tied. So the winner of this series probably is going to be in first place unless Louisville or, or Florida State jumps them this weekend. I, I like NC State a lot, but just something is screaming Louisville at home to me. Um, I think they're going to be able to outslug NC State and NC State pitching wise this year, like Sam Heifel is not the same. Uh, yeah. I don't know. They they're 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 pitching pretty freaking well. They they're, shut down Georgia Tech all weekend when they they swept them, and they've yeah. been pitching. How long ago well. was that though? Two weeks, two two three weeks ago. But since then, they've been pitching pretty well. Yeah. Okay. Maybe. See, that's what mm, I didn't even think about that. I'll be honest, I didn't. I, I'm going to take Louisville just because that's my gut instinct here. Um, but I, I it, tried. To, I tried to steer you wrong because. I took Louisville as well. Give me Louisville in that offense at home, especially. Um, yeah, yeah. I'm not even going to explain my pick, Louisville. Yeah. Um, and then, like I said, Des took Louisville and Stoney took NC hey, State. I would take the overs. In <laughs> yeah, I would too. Yes, I would too. 
Hammer the overs. Next series here, we have Big 12 action. TCU at Oklahoma State. And this one comes to me, like, you know how I just said that I was back and forth on Louisville and uh, NC State? This one just came to me, and it's been sticking with me. I love Oklahoma State this weekend. Absolutely love Oklahoma State. TCU just comes off a huge sweep against Texas Tech, and they're they're feeling they're feeling really good about themselves, right? And uh, I, I, dude, I think Oklahoma State is the only team in the country that I would feel comfortable winning a series two out of three against Tennessee. And yeah, they haven't looked like it all year, but going back to opening weekend when they won two out of three against Vanderbilt. Um, I was like, you know, this team's good. Justin Campbell can beat anybody in the nation on Friday nights. And they just look, you know, you know what? They they all look like Matt Holiday. They're all just jacked <laughs> human beings that rake. And I, I think that this is going to be a wake-up call for the Big 12 saying, oh, Oklahoma State's our daddy. Oklahoma State's the best team in the Big 12 and, and one of the best teams in the country. I think I think Oklahoma State comes out and just smacks around TCU for three games. Give me the pokes. Give me the cowboy. Give me Oklahoma State at home. No doubt about it. Um, mm-hmm. They did like they when when I look at a team, you know how in college you can tell a team with like a professional, they're yep. professional. Oklahoma State give me professional vibes. Don't I'm not saying they're gonna win every game the rest of the year, but they give me professional vibes. Yes, and and they actually just lost uh, midweek against Oral Roberts, like we yeah, talked about but, earlier. But, but, but they give me professional vibes. Here's my concern: Oklahoma State bullpen is my concern. They they scare me when they have a lead late or, or down by one to keep it close and give their offense a chance. That's what scares me. But everything else, I love Oklahoma State. I think TCU has been playing hot rather than being very good. Mm-hmm. So no, I, I, I agree with that. Yes, yes. Hot right now rather than being very good. And and sure, I could see TCU winning two out of three. Like, okay, that's fine. But I, I think that Oklahoma State is really going to just send a message to the rest of the Big 12 and say, oh, you thought that was cool when TCU swept Texas Tech? Like, Oh, that's look, cute. That's cute. Yeah, you, guys that's cute. You, guys, you guys thought you were the best team? That's cute. Yep. <laughs> I, I just I get those vibes. This was probably my easiest pick other than the uh hey, by, I, the this... way, by the way, I looked up the weather in, in Stillwater. It's supposed to be nice this weekend. That stadium's gonna be packed. Oh, because um, TCU is gonna travel really well too. Again. Mm-hmm. So I love yep. it. Uh next series here we have uh we have SEC action, Mississippi State at Ole Miss. This one I'm so uh, curious to hear your pick here. I yeah. am so excited to hear it. Uh, so, A, I, I'm going to take the over in all three games. If you're a betting man, just hammer the over in all three games. Uh, these offenses are the real deal. Uh, man, dude, I, I'll be honest with you. Everything in me wants to take Ole Miss here, and I still might. I just oh, I think, already have my pick locked and loaded. I think the only thing that scares me, though, is – Ole Miss, ever since they got punched in the mouth against um, Alabama, got swept a couple weeks ago, they have not bounced back. They got they lost two or three against South Carolina, lost midweek to to Southeast Missouri. 
is this the bounce back week? They're at home against the rival. They have to get up here. They know Bianco's on the hot seat. 99% chance getting fired at the end of the year. Can they step up and, and, and be the number one team in the nation like they were in week three? I, I hate doing this. I hate doing this, but I think I'm gonna I'm taking Ole Miss here, and I, I hate this so much. I, I'm taking I'm taking the Rebels, uh, and I'm gonna throw. Give me a give me a second. I'm gonna throw up for a couple minutes here. Doesn't it just feel like an Ole Miss kind of? Do you weekend, want me to though? give you my pick and then yeah, you come back to you? Yeah, what's your pick? Give me Ole Miss at home. Ole Miss at home. This is the series where everyone is so down and out on Ole Miss, and they're going to pull you right back. They're going to pull their fans right back in and say, we have hope this year. They have to have it. This is a series they have to have. This is the type of series where you say, holy shit, we had such a bad year. Bianco gets fired. But guess what? We beat Mississippi State. That's all that matters. We beat Mississippi State. I don't care how bad our season was. We beat Mississippi State. I'm going to go into my summer excited and happy because we beat Mississippi State heading into football oh, season. Wait, 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 wait. Ole Miss isn't out of this thing yet, dude. No, but let's be honest. They're on their way out. But this series is going to pull everybody back in, and they're going to break their hearts at the end of the year and disappoint them. And they're going to hold on to their series win against Mississippi State. Call, yeah. book, write it in ink. It's over. The the funny thing is these teams are only separated by one game, only separated by one game. One's five and ten in the SEC, and and twenty one and seventeen, and one team is twenty two and sixteen and six and nine in the SEC. Very evenly matched, even though it feels like Mississippi State's had a much better season. Um, I just, dude, I think this is this is a war now. Like this isn't just a weekend series. This is a war to see who's fighting for their season, fighting for their postseason. And the fact that it's in Oxford just makes me just want to take all this. In Oxford, and also, dude, the amount of confidence and faith Lamonis has in his bullpen, it's, it's, it's frightening. Mm-hmm. Like, yep. I mean, hey, if you take away Auburn giving up a game, then old Alabama gave, a, gave away a game. Take away two SEC wins from Mississippi State. It, it's very realistic. Yeah, I mean, Auburn should have absolutely won that series. And they Alabama could have won that series, too. Yeah. So, oh, I, I think Ole Miss just sneaks by this weekend and takes this series. I, I just – and I think something, their, their else that, something else that's come into my heart right now is this feels like a we'll big – take your pick. I did. I'm taking Ole Miss, and I think that – and I want somebody to clip this audio, whether you're a Mississippi State fan or an Ole Miss fan or just a college baseball fan. Someone clip this audio. I'm projecting that Tim Elko hits a walk-off home run one of these games. I can almost see it. Beer showers everywhere. Uh, I just – In the hope – in the, in the that it just rejuvenates. Yes. Rejuvenates Swayze feel. Man, they need this series, and 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 Mississippi State needs this series too. So I can't even they say do. that they who wants it more. Like they, they both need it. If they lose this series, yeah. All right, so make, uh, your pick. make your pick. I did. I said Ole Miss three times, and and Des took Ole Miss too, and Stoney's on his own with Mississippi State, and he just picked them out of love and loyalty. Yeah. Um, he- God, I'm gonna look like such an idiot when Mississippi State sweeps this series and Ole Miss oh, gives know, up, dude. and they just know, give dude. up on the series on the season. Anyway, 
Uh, last series here before we wrap up. East Carolina goes to Tulane. And uh, East Carolina's not back, but they're they're on the top of the leaderboard in the American. Who would have thought? Who would have thought after those first two weeks? I, I have a lot to say about, about this, but. Yeah, I'm going to make this short and sweet. Uh, I mean, I clearly picked East Carolina to make it to Omaha this year at the beginning of the season. It looked like a deadbeat horse. They still aren't probably going to make it to Omaha, but at least they have a fighting chance. They if they somehow sneak as a two seed somewhere easy or easier, um, you know, make it to a super, anything can happen. Um, Tulane, Tulane play. It's kind of the opposite for Tulane. They were they were really hot in the beginning of the year and and. They they're still good. I mean, they're still playing good ball. Um, actually, let me let me double check that. I I haven't they've looked. They've been playing decent. They've been playing decent. They haven't really been awful yet. They're six but and three in the American. Let's see here. I knew they lost the se- the season or not the season the series against Houston in Evansville. What, what have they done before that? Uh, one two or three against South Florida. Swept Memphis. One two or three against Dayton. They got swept by Evansville, lost them. Yeah. I mean, they're they're a good team. They're a solid team, but at the end of the day, East Carolina recruits better. Um, I think East Carolina is playing better. They're, they're they're definitely playing better baseball right now. Way better baseball. It's in New Orleans, which is going to be tough. Yeah, but I think I think overall, I'm taking East Carolina. I'm taking the Pirates. This is a battle of two of the best logos in college baseball. I love both of these teams' logos, so I'm be rocking and watching this series. Um, we, ho- hopefully, Tulane doesn't troll us on on Twitter after they troll win this series. When you hear my pick, are you taking East Carolina too? Ben, we disrespected East Carolina all year, mm-hmm. which and they deserved it for the most part. They deserved it, but we forgot something. The American Athletic Conference runs through Greenville. Yep, it has not changed, and I don't know why we ever thought it did. East Carolina runs the AAC, and this year is not going to be any different. They, I mean, dude, East Carolina is still me, going into this series knowing that they're they're they're, they're thinking to themselves, they're okay, we're better than this. It doesn't matter who we play on the road; we've beaten them all before uh, in prior seasons. East, give me East Carolina. Um, Tulane, if they get up this weekend, they can very easily win the series. But I think. East Carolina, hey, the AAC runs through Greenville until further notice. That's all I have to say. Wow. And uh, so right now, East Carolina is 7-2 in the conference, 23-15 and 15 overall. They're 8-2 and two in their last 10 games. Tulane 6-3, and 24-13-1, 6-4 in their last 10 games. I just looked at who Stoney and Des picked, and they both picked East Carolina as well. So this is prime time. It's already happened. I've seen this episode before. Tulane has already trolled us on Twitter. We're, we're trying to redeem ourselves here as a group, as an 11.7 group. We're all riding with the Pirates, and boy, is this making me feel like Oh, shit. Oh, makes shit. me feel that bad. Uh, hey, East Carolina take care of business. I have faith in them. Yeah. Ben, my hardest pick, I don't know if it was the Wofford Mercer series, or the Ole Miss Mississippi State. Those were two of my hardest picks. I, I want to say my hardest pick was is. Let me ask you this: If you didn't go to Mercer, you weren't a. If you didn't have any ties to Mercer, would you take Mercer? Yeah, they're at home, and I think they have a better club. I think they're a better team. I really do. Yeah, I just think Wofford beating. I think Wofford showing me that they can beat pretty good team is what sold me. 
Yeah. No, I mean, you're, you're not wrong. And Wofford, Wofford could, uh, Mercer and Wofford could both get into the tournament. One wins the, the, the tournament, like the conference tournament, one gets in as an at large. I mean, they're both in position right now to do that. Uh, but this is a big, like, make it or break it weekend for both of these teams. It's very, very hard to get two teams out of the SOCON into the uh, into the regionals. So uh, I don't know. And and, I, and honestly, if I'm Wofford and Mercer, it's not the end of the world if you don't win this series because in your mind you're like, all right, we just got to win the tournament anyways. They've already beaten us two out of three. It's hard to beat someone three or four times in a season. You know, it's not the end of the world if yep. you lose this series. Well. That wraps it up for me. Yeah, that's all all I had to talk about in this episode. Um, Great week of college baseball ahead, and uh, we'll be back Sunday night to recap everything there. Reason why we we recorded a little bit earlier today was because we've got reached like a lot of players and coaches reached out saying that they wanted to listen to it on their bus rides to the games this weekend. So we're releasing it Thursday, like around five o'clock, and uh, just in time for these bus rides to get going. So. Anyways, appreciate you guys for your support. We'll be back Sunday night to recap everything, and uh, y'all take care.